Hey there, podcasters. I am your host, Rochelle McLeod, and you are listening to the Diary of a Glorified Fat Girl. Today's episode is on attachment styles and the different types of attachment styles and what yours might be. In previous episodes, I discussed briefly different types of attachment styles, but I never went into vast detail about what these attachment styles actually are. And knowing your attachment style can help you navigate all of your adult relationships and can help you to better understand yourself. It is possible to be two different types of attachment styles, but usually you are predominantly more so one than the other. Your attachment style is determined from childhood and it is based on your life events, traumas, triggers, and that is how your attachment style is formed. Knowing your attachment style and your partners can help when conflict arises, help with conflict resolution and in the heat of conflict. So what are the four main types of attachment? The first one is secure, the second is avoidant, the third is anxious, and the fourth one, which is not often talked about, is disorganized attachment. Secure attachment develops when a parent is sensitive and responsive to a child's needs. Therefore, the child feels safe and secure. Avoidant attachment develops when the parent or caregiver is not responsive to the child's needs or distress. And this can cause hyperindependence both physically and emotionally. Anxious attachment develops when parents or caregivers respond to their child's needs sporadically or inconsistently. Children with abandonment wounds can also be found with anxious attachment. And disorganized attachment, this develops when the child wants care and attention from the caregiver, but they're afraid of the parent or caregiver. And this can develop when the parents respond to the child seeking comfort by ignoring, yelling, ridiculing them, or punishing them in some way. Now, it is possible that you are going to relate to all of those, But again, you're going to fit into one attachment style more so than the other. For example, I relate to disorganized and anxious attachment, but I heal insecure. And while I show signs of having more secure attachment as I learn from each romantic relationship and friendship, I still predominantly have anxious attachment. I thrive on reassurance and being reminded of what is safe and being reminded that I am cared for and loved and that everything is okay. In saying all this though, attachment styles are not a diagnosis and they aren't your identity. Having an avoidant attachment style doesn't mean that you're an unreliable person who can't be trusted and is flaky. And having an anxious attachment style doesn't mean that you don't possess the skills to be secure or that in other aspects of your life you aren't secure. It's going back to two things can be true at once. You can have anxious attachment in your relationship and be secure in yourself and in life. You can be avoidant in your relationships, but be dependable in your life and career. But from a psychology standpoint, your attachment style can only not only tell you a lot about your relationships, but how you communicate. Someone with secure attachment is typically easy to follow, is engaged and engaging, coherent, vivid and authentic. Whereas someone with an avoidant attachment uses fewer words, lacks emotional vividness, and is overly positive, and is focused on the future, denies or avoids talk of the past. Someone with an anxious attachment will overuse words, is overly emotional, has a mix of past and present tense, and feels pressure to fill the silence. And disorganized attachment will have a loss of voice, 
struggling to recall words, gaps, long pauses, mixed up, high tension and hard to follow. When in conflict with a loved one or a friend or family member, we forget that the way we perceive things and see the world is vastly different from one another. A lot of tension arises from miscommunication and things being lost in translation. And sometimes the lost in translation part is just not understanding something as simple as someone's tone of voice, someone's way of communicating because of their attachment style. And expecting everyone to think like us, react like us, and see things like us is setting ourselves up for failure. That is why it is always better to ask instead of assuming what someone is thinking or implying. Just because you interpreted it in such a way doesn't mean that that's the way that it was intended. Communicate with an open mind and not a closed mind. Going into any sort of conflict or discussion with only your needs doesn't leave room for conflict resolution. You need to be open to hearing the person's feelings and acknowledging each other's feelings and acknowledging that you may not be on the same page and that is okay. And that is what compromise is for. Being patient. When an avoided attachment communicates with an anxious attachment, the anxious attachment will need significantly more reassurance and communication than the avoidant. The avoidant may feel smothered and overwhelmed, but that's where we learn tools to accommodate our communication. For example, taking breaks. But there is a big difference between taking space and stonewalling. Space gives a certain amount of time in which you will re-enter the conversation and come back to it when the tension is less heightened. For example, I feel overwhelmed right now and I need some space, just give me a few hours and we can revisit this. Or I just need a day. That provides the anxious, anxious party with reassurance and it gives the avoidant party space and creates room where the conversation will continue at another time so no one's feelings are dismissed. Whereas stonewalling uses emotional avoidance as a form of punishment. Not giving you a time frame and pulling away the silent treatment is all a form of manipulation to control another person. The silent treatment can go on for days, weeks, even months. And it says that I reject your feelings, I invalidate your feelings, and I invalidate your existence. And it prioritizes the avoidance party's feelings over the anxious party's feelings. I think we are all guilty of not understanding the difference between space and stonewalling in our lifetime and we've asked for space from a situation and we've not given an accurate time frame because we didn't know genuinely when we wanted to reopen the conversation or we did have ulterior motives that we simply just did not want to engage in conversation and wanted a means to an end. But learning how to properly engage in a space of conversation is one of the best communication skills that you can have and when applied to your attachment styles can be beneficial to not creating further conflict or misunderstanding with each other. So what promotes secure attachment and is it possible to learn even if you have another form of attachment? Well firstly yes, as I mentioned before I have anxious attachment but throughout therapy and relationships and as time goes on I move away from situations that don't serve me and I am putting myself in rooms with people that obtain the qualities that I want in myself and I'm finding parts of myself becoming more and more secure. I am learning to trust the people around me more but I'm also trusting most importantly myself. However from my last situationship I learned that avoidant partners are a trigger for me. And anxious and avoidant kind of go hand in hand. 
and their behavior if they aren't working on themselves sets off all my emotional trauma bonds in which case I haven't yet mastered the ability to tap into my secure way of thinking so instead I've just noted things to look for and when I see avoidant qualities or behavior in a person start to arise that could potentially be problems months down the road I just don't continue with that relationship just as a means of protecting myself but that is what dating is all about you learn what is right for you and what is wrong for you. You learn what to look for, quote unquote, the red and green flags. And you learn how to navigate that space to find your person. And I've also spoken about in other podcasts how love should feel boring. It shouldn't feel like fireworks. It shouldn't feel exciting because anything that's too exciting is more prone to exploding or blowing up in your face quicker or burning out. So what does promote secure attachment? Having positive core beliefs, trusting that everything happens for a reason, having self-affirmations like I know I am lovable and I know that I am worthy, flexible emotion regulation so when conflict does arise or difficult news does come to the table, instead of having hasty reactions or snippy remarks, you're able to calmly respond and communicate and articulate your thoughts. And when you start to feel heated, you know when to step down. You have balanced decision making and you understand when it's time to let go. Anxious attachment will have you holding on to unhealthy relationships for far too long. Whereas avoidant attachment will have you running from late relationships and self-sabotaging them. And disorganized will have you in constant conflict searching for chaos. But to be secure is to know that if a space is honoring you or not still, and if you are going to stay in that space or not, and if you can care for this person at a distance, and if that is the better option. And having positive social experiences. You have the ability to create and maintain long, close, healthy friendships. Being able to have relationships in your life that you've had for a substantial amount of time says a lot about you as a person. Being secure means to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. Talking about your feelings and clearly communicating your needs, but being open to hearing other people's needs with compassion. Something that I found that has really helped me each time that I have opened and closed the dating door that has helped me learn to become more secure in dating is each time a relationship ends, I take a significant amount of time to reflect on what I could have done better, reflect on what they could have done better, and reflect on what I'm looking for again and what I'm looking for in a person and the things that I liked and the things that I didn't like. And I take that substantial amount of time before I go back out there and date again. Otherwise, I'm constantly rushing into things and I'm never taking that time to even reflect on my actions and, again, what I could have done better. All of this to say, while I work on being more secure in my relationships, I still understand and am compassionate to the part of me that is an anxious attachment. And while I am still an anxious attachment, I understand that I attract avoidance and I am attracted to avoidant personalities. And throughout dating and my experiences, I am now learning what that looks like in a person and what I want to avoid in dating. But also understand that one attachment style isn't better or worse than the other and having compassion for each. 
Your attachment style is simply a basic blueprint for understanding how you were raised, why you think and feel the way that you do, and why things might set you off and trigger you. But that doesn't mean it's a bad thing, and it shouldn't control your life. And the goal with understanding your attachment style is so you can go on and have the best quality of life possible with clear communication and the ability to tackle whatever comes your way. Let's talk about avoidant attachment. Avoidant attachment types and relationships use quote-unquote deactivating strategies to manage their partner's behavior and level of closeness. And this is to sabotage intimacy. This helps the avoidant to control the depth of the relationship so they can stay in their comfort zone. Avoidants are afraid of becoming overwhelmed or consumed in a relationship. So when things get too serious, they become fearful. The ways in which they might sabotage intimacy include lack of integrity, critical attitude, pointing out their partner's flaws, overlooking positive traits, constantly making their partner feel bad about themselves, trips down memory lane, and by this I mean they're constantly talking about their exes or dates they've been on, and if you aren't currently exclusive, they're talking about dates they're currently going on in the hopes that this might upset you, and they avoid using labels. And they avoid answering deep questions about their life. Having incredible chemistry in you both in the bedroom and in person, but refusing to introduce you to friends. And focusing all their energy on things that aren't emotionally vulnerable. They're always talking about their hobbies or how they're going to advance their career or what new workout they're doing, which equates to small talk. A person who is anxiously attached may get worried easily about if someone likes you versus if you like them, and this will consume you. The people pleaser inside of you so desperately wants to be accepted and validated that you will do anything to be validated. Hypersensitive to other people's moods and actions, you notice any small detail in change of conversation and communication whether it's the length of time that there has been no contact, whether it's a long or a short response, how vulnerable they are being or not being, and this sends your nervous system into an anxious panic. You have fear of being rejected and abandoned, and this means that you seek reassurance often. You accept breadcrumbs as love. You struggle with feelings of self-worth, and you feel like you aren't good enough or worthy enough. And when you are triggered, you can be overly emotional. Compared to someone that may be angry, you go the opposite way and you try to people please and amend the situation, but you do that to an extreme extent. Saying yes to whatever the other person wants in order to keep them happy. And as a result of keeping them around so that you don't feel abandoned. And you will do anything to keep a connection that is not worth keeping. It is very well known and very common for an anxious attachment type to be drawn to their polar opposites, avoidance. Understanding this and knowing how to navigate away from an avoidant partner could help you find someone more secure because an anxious attachment needs a secure attachment type. And finally, disorganized attachment. You go from seeking extreme closeness to extreme distance with no in-between. You are flooded with constant heightened intense emotions without any way of knowing how to manage them. You have an inability to trust people and you are highly anxious of people's motives and intentions. You want love but you tend to withdraw. 
and you have constant inconsistency with your friendships and romantic relationships. Constantly moving between liking someone too much or not enough, you're impulsive, conflicting, unpredictable and have self-sabotaging tendencies and negative self-talk. You were raised in an environment of chaos, so you try to recreate that in your day-to-day life. You're used to these highs and lows and anything that slows is slow and healthy and feels boring. You have an urgency for your next kick of something, but it might mean that you attract chaos. And that might mean that you self-sabotage in relationships, friendships, learning how to be in spaces that feeling boring that feel boring, sorry, is your challenge. And in order to be in relationships that are slow and healthy, that used to be at a slower pace than what you're used to, will be difficult, but they are necessary for you. With a disorganized attachment style, you'll probably find yourself taking most things to heart, just in order to try and find a source of conflict. But remember that not everything has to be conflict. When I understood my attachment style, I understood my childhood more and it broke down how I was treated as a child and it simplified that for me and it broke it down into key words, abandonment, emotional abuse and all of my relationships up until my recent summer one have all been avoidant partners and understanding them and their behaviours and their behaviours with mine helped me break down our conflicts, our inabilities to rationalize and come to resolutions. Saying things like, you can't make them stay if they don't want to, just weren't cutting it for me. Or maybe something's changed and they just don't feel that way about you anymore. I needed a psychological reason as to why, in my mind, something so simple couldn't be rationalized. Fundamentally, I believe that intently majority of people are good. An avoidant doesn't always intend to cause harm to an anxious, and an anxious doesn't always intend to be overbearing. Again, having compassion for each attachment style. Understanding that it wasn't a me problem, it wasn't even an us problem. Fundamentally, unless both parties were willing to do the work on themselves, our attachment styles were doomed from the beginning, and it was only a matter of time before the avoidant ran from the anxious. Instead of blaming myself and instead of being poor me, poor me, I instead chose to work on healing the part of me that attracted the avoidant. So I can work on attracting someone who is more secure in the future. And instead of blaming the avoidant, I chose to see the human in them. I'm not here to send them on their healing journey. And if they ever do that or not, that is their journey. But I could accept that their attachment type meant that there was more underneath the surface and it wasn't my job to rescue someone or, simply put, make someone stay. So I found my psychology answer. There is such a significant difference between being with an avoidant and being with someone who is secure. I was reassured more often without asking if conflict did come up, there wasn't anger backing it. There was open communication. We were willing to see both sides. And if we didn't understand each other, we at least acknowledged each other's feelings because we knew we were both valid in whatever we were feeling. 
the experience was vastly different. The result was that I was more secure in both myself. I felt more confident and I was more trusting of this person. I was more trusting of my myself and my decision making. And I was more secure in the ending too. I was able to accept that it wasn't meant to be and that was okay. And I didn't choose to stay in a space longer and try to extend what wasn't meant to be. And we have remained friends. And today it is the best dating situation that I have ever had. And now that I understand the difference between what I'm like with an avoidant versus what I'm like with somebody who is secure, I know that that is what I have to look for in a person. I encourage you to do more research into attachment styles, what yours might be, and apply them to your everyday life. Your relationships, your family, your friends, romantic, you can learn a lot about yourself and the people around you and how to navigate an understanding of what makes you and others function. But always, always, always lead with compassion. Remember that your att- your attachment style doesn't identify you and it simply helps you to navigate your relationships and have a better understanding of yourself so that you can navigate conflict, emotional distress and triggers. Because these things are going to pop up in healthy relationships and healthy friendships. They're going to pop up in your family dynamics. And for you to understand how to approach them, understand that not everyone thinks like you, understand that sometimes relationships just don't work. And it's not because you're a bad person. It's not because they're a bad person. Everyone makes mistakes and everyone has the ability to be toxic and is toxic. Sometimes it's just as simple as your attachment styles were doomed from the beginning. This is not set to work if you aren't willing to do the work. And end of day relationships are work. And you have to be working on yourself and they have to be working on themselves. And you have to be working on the relationship together. with that whatever resonates with you and whatever doesn't that is okay this may not be for everyone and you may not agree with everything that is said and that's also okay i'm gonna remind you to be kind to yourself and i will speak to you next time bye